What's going on, ladies? This is Sky, your best interest bestie, and we are here at Safe Combos with Sky. Let's get into it. This is episode one, you guys. I'm super excited. Um, we're about to really get into some, we're getting into some real deal. So this is a podcast for those who do not know. Again, my name is Sky Williams. Um, I am starting a platform for women to be vulnerable, whether it's going through a transition with them as a woman, as a mother, as a daughter. I believe that women have a special calling on their lives where we kind of intercede for everyone. And when it's time to focus in on ourselves, unfortunately, we don't have that safe space to really even get the, the the community that we need to get us out of those dark spaces. And so, you know, I wanted to create a space, a platform where I have women who lean on each other there as a support system so that they can help themselves live the life that they're supposed to live. And so we're talking about vulnerability today. Um, and who better to bring to the stage than my go-to vulnerability partner, my best friend, for 10 years, my cheer buddy, my confidant, China. Uh, <sighs> does it feel like it's been 10 years? No, and it's probably been kind of close to yeah. 10, um, but 10 nonetheless. Mm. And I, I have to just say, I mean, you looking like the first day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The best of the best, top of the top. Let's get into it. Yes. So first and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know that there's so many things that you could be doing, but honestly, like I know for a fact, you were just the best person to be here, especially for episode one, because you are definitely for like just women empowerment. You're definitely there to just all overall, just be a good friend, a mm -hmm. great person. And so, you know, I had to bring you to mm -hmm. the platform, Safe Combos with Sky. So, um, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> We're like uh, we're like today's age, Nicole and Paris. Absolutely. <laughs> Was Absolutely. it the simple life? The simple life. That's how we we get down. And um, let's talk about a little bit of our past. How did we How did we meet originally? Right. You say we met for from some driving class. I'm not sure, but all I remember is you coming into our high school saying like, oh, "This high school isn't everything." No. <laughs> But then immediately falling in love with it because you joined cheer and True. that's where we met and absolutely. we were inseparable ever since then yes absolutely and i mean i think even with that dynamic off the back like people don't always see our dynamic as being like a very how would you say it like i could see people on the outside and i've actually had some people at say like how are y'all friends y'all have like two different almost like personalities yeah. um definitely come from different backgrounds so of course you know i wanted to bring you here because i think the the layer of being vulnerable with others is being able to just have those vulnerable conversations with yourself yeah. as a woman and so um can i tell people like you know what your, at least your major was you, yeah sure okay or or I, can is. Say it. I can say it or you can say it yes it. so china is actually uh she had her undergrad and she's in the process of getting her master's in psychology and so i've been able to really just walk alongside you in that journey to get yeah. deeper into like your feelings and your thoughts and 
I've benefited, the, I guess I reaped the benefits of you being able to just be in tune with that. So, you know, as a woman or just as a human being, but specifically as a woman, I want to kind of hone in. How do you kind of tap into your feelings um, when it comes to being vulnerable? Yeah, I would say, inter- interestingly enough, growing mm-hmm. up and even through undergrad, I really wasn't too in tune with my emotions. Mm. I would say me being in the master's program, the program specifically, I'm not sure if all master's program or mm-hmm. like uh, after post, post-grad programs focus on the individual more so. Yeah. So my program's done a really good job in honing in on the type of person each of their students are as individuals mm-hmm. to make us more self-actualized mm-hmm. so that we're able to benefit and help others the best way we're able to yeah. and in knowing ourselves being able to know what our limits are at that too so mm-hmm, if mm-hmm, i have mm-hmm. someone or i have a friend or somebody who needs me for something if i don't have that capacity or the range to talk about that i won't because yeah. it's going to cause more harm than good mm-hmm. so i think in knowing that that's been really huge on that and has had me more confident in the type of person i am professionally romantically platonically Ooh, i love that mm-hmm. now let me ask because you know, and I think this is what everyone, but I think being in a space to be vulnerable, whatever the case may be, sometimes we have to deal with past trauma or trauma in general. And most of that trauma has been kind of stemmed from maybe childhood. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to navigate, you know, that space of you kind of dealing with maybe things that may trigger you from your like your past, but still allowing yourself to be vulnerable despite those those things? Um, understanding that there is no ending to it. Mm -hmm, It's existing mm -hmm. with it and knowing yourself enough to know when to remove yourself or involve yourself or to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's situational. And so because life is so unique and human experiences, we have a shared experience, but also everyone's experience is very subjective. So just understanding that there is always going to be unknowns Mm-hmm. And just handling it the best way you can. You get that, the flight, the fright, the flight, the fight, or the freeze. There's all these mm-hmm. different ways to handle situations and just being nice to yourself when you go through it. I love that. And accepting responsibility, too. I think, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's huge. And having that accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I also think, like, even the community that you have or you've had, you know, to help you in that process on... Um, even though we're best friends, we do have, obviously everyone has their friend, their friend group. And I think you have a great support system as well. And so, you know, I think even when it comes to myself, like, even if we don't necessarily agree or we have different backgrounds, I love that we're able to, you know, center ourselves and continue to be respectful Mm -hmm. and nice to each other, but of course, nice to ourselves first. So I love that. I love that portion too. Um, You were going to say something. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Um, and with that, mm-hmm. um, not everything is always rainbows and daisies and mm-hmm. peaches and cream. Not everything's all, always yes. And you said something I don't agree with. So, mm-hmm. rah rah, I agree with you. No, we'll have we'll have an argument, and the argument never gets heated. And that's yeah. something that's very important. We don't ever raise our voices at each other. Mm-hmm. We don't ever hit below the bell. We have our opinions, and if one of us feels highly emotionally charged by that, either we'll mm-hmm. talk about it then or give ourselves a day, a couple hours, and then revisit it and discuss it some more. Or like me, uh, three years later, 
at 4 a.m. I'll text you and be like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I should have never did that to you. But I love that, you know. Um, and so that's exactly what I wanted to do with Safe Combos with Sky. I feel like it's important for us to even know who we are, what mm -hmm. we're designed to do. And when we know that value, I think women have so much power and we minimize that power or we're just unaware of that power and mm -hmm. how how much we, we have, you know. And obviously I'm not saying this to diminish the power of men. I think that God desired both men and women to be equal mm -hmm. and, you know, they play their own roles. But I definitely think that, you know, of course, I, I only know being a woman because I am one. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, just tapping into the femininity of that is something that is very powerful. And so kind of, we talked about kind of like our, our friendships and our friend groups, but I kind of want to switch it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> get, um, a get a swallow, get a sweet, <laughs> a cute little sweet. Okay. Um, so I think on one hand, there may be instances where women are still trying to discover and find themselves, and sometimes they they may be kind of unsure. But I think someone like both of ourselves, you know, we're pretty strong women, dominant mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And so how has that worked for you or against you? <laughs> you already know where I'm going. Let's get into it. We're gonna get that. We're gonna get there at the end, though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right? You could give them a little taste, cause it can be in any. It could be any realm. It could be professionally, yeah. right? Cause that's not always really kind of taken. Mm -hmm. I guess not not kindly, or it's taken differently opposed to a man being assertive and whatnot. Yeah. So you know how how would you navigate holding on to that power without it being, I guess, like too daunting, cause you have that power. You know what I'll say about that. I find tapping into my more masculine side because I'm very feminine appearing. Mm. I have a lot more power on that. And I find that a lot of when men tap into their feminine side, that shows a lot of power because that shows, mm. you know, not playing into one role or the other, but able to feel like still within themselves to say, this is just how I feel good. Mm -hmm. So I might wear baggier clothes and you know, wear sneakers or know about typical guy topics, but mm -hmm. I still am very much a girly girl. Mm -hmm. Do you find, how can I kind of word this? Um, do you, how do you kind of handle that? Not necessarily when it's men, but it's other women. Like how do, how you, how do you kind of draw people into you? Cause I think you're very approachable. I think you're very kind. I've told you several times I can bring you around virtually anyone and you know how to adapt. You're like a chameleon, but like, have you ever came across a situation where women were intimidated by that? And if so, like, how did you kind of handle that? Um, intimidation can be a word used for it or just judgmental, but mm -hmm. maybe the judgment's coming from a place of intimidation or insecurity. Um, I've had women like suggest me wear certain clothing or suggest me do a cosmetic surgery or, you know, mm -hmm. want to change my appearance to have me more, I guess, in their eye, feminine appearing when I'm just comfortable looking how I look and dressing how I dress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at times I feel sometimes, not exhorted, but from a fem more feminine space. Mm. I like what that has to offer for sure. Well, and I mean, I, that's, I think that's really, it's important to kind of tap into all those things because when 
when you're in a world that's predominantly like male dominated, I guess, in, in some spaces, um, it's kind of hard to kind of figure out where you fall and, and what's important to to you. And I think like for me, um, I have struggled with that because I've always tried to come from a place of stability. And sometimes that stability can be portrayed as like, oh, she's trying to control or she's trying to be, you know, um, I don't want to say overbearing, but you know, it actually comes from a place of me trying to discover my peace mm-hmm. and maintain that peace. And so I think it's just being able to understand people coming from different walks and yeah. their experiences that have contributed to that. Um, mm-hmm. um, when you say maintain your peace, but you use it within the same like context of controlling, what do you mean by that? So like I like to have things a certain way mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that I'm, I'm like OCD about certain things but mm-hmm. it's never in a way that I'm trying to be like like no she gotta have it this 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 way because mm-hmm. that can come off I think as a form of control where people are like man like she may be uptight and stuff like that but no like it actually comes from a place of when I have things in order, like organization does generally bring mm-hmm. me peace and that could be in anything. I've seen it at work where it's work in my favor, especially working in finance, like, or my job in general requires a lot for me, my nine to five, and then being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. having to put on a lot of hats. So it's good that I prioritize. But then on the other side of it, when it comes to like relationships specifically, ask that, like how does that like manifest in, in <laughs> romantic and platonic you know friendships or you know, yeah. relationships how to and even like familial relationships mm. i think for i'll start with like platonic relationship friendships um i would say at one point it would and this is just me being younger like i'm 20 we're 25 you know mm-hmm. so we're still learning but um i would have I think I have like a certain type of discernment about certain things where I try to like be protective of my friends and it's just coming from what I believe as a really good place. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as I became older and you know this as well, where I'm like, wait, you know what I'm saying? That's that on, that's that person. They need to learn. They need to develop because I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I'm still developing. So who am I to tell someone, you know, even if I am doing it from a good place, sometimes if you say things in the wrong season, it can still be just as bad as saying the wrong thing in the right season. Um, And so I've had to learn how to kind of channel me, not necessarily wanting to control in a platonic sense, but wanting to protect people because I think that's also peaceful. Like if something bothers you, it bothers me. And mm-hmm. so that does kind of affect my peace. I think in relationships with men, mm-hmm. it can be very intimidating. It takes us, and I'll be very, for sh- dang, it's like we here, we're here, but it ain't, it ain't about nothing. But like, what? <laughs> But when it comes to like, I don't think it takes a special type of man to understand me Mm -hmm. because I can sometimes come off very intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to say like I come fully maintenance. I'm a I got the full navigation system, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but I'm saying that in a way of you know I've worked very hard to discover myself and to learn myself and by far I'm not perfect but I know the value that I bring and I feel like everyone should know that um but you know unfortunately 
when you are in any relationship, but romantic relationships specifically, people don't already know that, like on first hand. I'm gonna answer the question, I know how I am. But the, the point is, some men could be intimidated by that. Yeah. And so, um, it may be a little overbearing, but even still, like I've kind of learned how to be present, tone that down so that it doesn't portray as if I'm like doing too much. Mm -hmm. Whatever too much may be. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know this phrase is often used in business or I guess goal-oriented things, but sometimes relationships or goals is trusting that process. Mm. I want things to happen in a timely manner. Me too, girl. <laughs> Me too. Um, and I think that's also a good a good thing about whatever wherever you are in your walk just being able to trust like for me like i'm putting complete faith in god that he's going to work everything out um but on the other side that's kind of tapping into the thing i've been working on which is relinquishing that control mm -hmm. and i think women naturally are planners and so you know we want to see things through we want to even sometimes nurture things that really need space mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it can Sometimes bite us on the yeah. on the hiney. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, give me give me a little give me a little one two. Give me some of your experiences since you have been. I mean, we we, we know it from a personal round, but I want to know like from an academia standpoint, mm -hmm. what has empowered you or helped you, you know, in your woman walk since you've been in the like the mental health. Is yeah. that considered mental health? Yeah. Okay. The I mean, mental I've health been, I've graduated undergrad psychology, mm -hmm. started working at an ABA clinic with kids with autism, then mm -hmm. worked at an inpatient facility, and now I'm a, a psychologist assistant in, in my master's program for clinical mental health counseling and plan mm. to get to a PhD program. Okay. Come on, credentials. Yeah, all these letters. Let's get into it. But uh, as far as that, I, I would say... First and foremost, my support system is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. So, I've been I'm really grateful to have the people I've had around me, and they've been around me for 10-plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some friends from middle school and meeting you in high school, and we're mm -hmm. still friends up until our mid-20s mid now. Mm -hmm. uh, support system's great. I think um, some of the uh, life skills that my father put in place mm -hmm. has really helped my work, work ethic and a type of problem-solving mentality, how, mm -hmm. how we'll get there. Um, and then as far as school goes, I think being comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm. being able to sit in that instead of trying to escape it um, all the time, because no one likes that feeling of, uh, I'm assuming no one likes that feeling of being uncomfortable, but I know mm -hmm. that if I'm uncomfortable, I'm growing in some way. For sure. So allowing myself to sit in that, for a minute and then maybe trying to distract myself and mm -hmm. make make that feeling alleviate a little bit but knowing that it's necessary so like is there anything within like if if i didn't know you mm -hmm. like not necessarily as someone in like a psychologist but what are some helpful tips because i'm not saying that but like what has been some helpful tips that you've learned from school that you apply to your everyday life when it comes to you know your, your walk as a woman things that yeah. have helped you yeah um yeah like you prefaced it i'm not licensed in any way to give any professional advice but for me mm -hmm. 
breathing as something as simple as breathing yeah. helps to take a second to just breathe. How often do people think to breathe? Mm. You just do it. You don't think about mm-hmm. it. Think about your breath. Maybe slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Doing some grounding, some reflecting, and maybe tapping into those things you don't normally talk about every day. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's simple. And that's also very, like, that's heavy at the same time. Because I think a lot of times, like, we're always on to the next thing, on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Um, and unfortunately, um, I don't have specific statistics, but you do see a lot of single family homes where the male is not present. And so what I think that causes inevitably, like women are carrying more loads, right? Mm-hmm. They're carrying the families, they're carrying themselves, they're carrying sometimes even their parents. And so that can be a very, very heavy thing. Um, so taking the time to even breathe, which I think is another way of saying just being present mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to breathe. To really just feel whatever you're feeling because sometimes when we're going through things it can be like a perceived obstacle or it can be an actual obstacle but you don't want to exert or allocate time to something that may not even be as big of a deal and i think you know for me like that has been a huge help as well across all boards whether it's family whether it's you know work my business to just be present and enjoy Enjoy things for what it is. Yeah. yeah, so I love that. Um, now we've already kind of talked. I'm getting into it. It's just whatever. All right. I'm just getting into it. I'll just talk <laughs> we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to look at the screen, but <laughs> just I, I want to get into it. So I like to kind of talk about what I feel might be somewhat heavy things first to just kind of maybe it's the opposite way. Maybe I should start it off with something light and then do heavy. But I like to kind of have fun. You got it. Yeah, you got I want to have fun, and I want to. Oh, kinda... so heavy things are fun. I think they can be. Yeah. Once you get on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I think it's... I, you know I deal with things with humor anyway. So. I mean, uh, so I think it's lovely. Let me get my handy dandy pad, baby, because we're about to get into some. We're about to get into some real deals really quick. So. Um, we've already talked about, you know, just being vulnerable, how we do those things um, in our family, mm-hmm. how we talk about it in professional settings and even for careers. Um, now, I just want to talk about like how we handle what I think um, is possibly one of the most catastrophic things. <laughs> Not catastrophic, right? <laughs> uh, when it comes to just being a woman, okay. like woman. Um, according to the book of Genesis, which I live my, my life through the lens of the Bible, we were made as helpmates mm-hmm. um, for men. And so I want to get into like y- dating. Let's get into dating. Okay. Not necessarily yours, but if you want to, it's not to you. Yeah. But you, and you know what I'll preface to? Mm-hmm. Um, I know our conversation is women-centered, but this is definitely like cis hetero women. So women who identify yeah. as women who are attracted to men. Who is it? Women who identify as women who are attracted to men, right? So like more of like heterosexual dynamics, right? Okay. Because I understand maybe a woman-woman relationship might look a lot different than woman-to-male relationship or even non-binary relationship look a lot different. But strictly speaking, cis hetero, we get into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, here's the thing. We've known each other for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and I think like our dating experiences have looked (laughs) 
oddly enough, somewhat congruent. Really? You think? I think so. Okay. Because when we were in high school, we had um, like, I mean, what was I guess longer term boyfriends. Longer term boyfriends. And then mine ended, yours, it lasted. And uh. then mine, oh, okay. Then yours ended, we were single for a little, it was a cute minute. And then I got in a relationship. And then I got in a relationship, right? And then you got in a relationship. Yeah. And then you got out and then I got in. The point okay, is- Okay, as they, far as like our relationships go, yeah, for sure. And they sometimes they run a parallel to each other. So I just want to hear your perspective and then I'm gonna piggyback on it. How do you think like our dating has evolved? Well, I haven't- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I haven't been in a relationship and it ended four years ago. Mm -hmm. So I, I almost have no no context as far as me dating as a 25 year old China. I've learned so much. I've experienced a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Girl, you've been dating. I feel like you've been dating. Not necessarily. OK, hold on. Come on. What is dating to you? <laughs> Let's, because that's another thing. I'm learning that. Yeah. Different definitions. Different definitions. So like in New Orleans, for instance, yes. we say we talk. We talk is just like, okay, we've exchanged numbers and like we text it. Or on the phone sometimes. On the phone. Absolutely. Every now and then. Yeah. I guess I was like, I haven't lived in New Orleans since I was literally 18 and younger. So we would go to the little movies. We'd do this, we do that, blah, blah, blah. I might take you to church if my mama like it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty much that. But then when you're exclusive, which in my opinion, or what I've experienced, exclusive, what is it, exclusivity? Yeah. Exclusivity is when y'all are actually together, together. Mm. Um, at least in my mind. And that's the farthest I got. What's your, <laughs> what's your? Yeah, I would say there's like a, a talking stage, which is yeah, just yeah. you're getting to know them. You're you're figuring out if this is someone you want to see exclusively. Mm -hmm. Exclusivity, I think, has a max of one month, and after that, it should be a fish. A fish. It should be a fish. And all the reason why I was kind of confused about that is mm -hmm. because I'm like, well, dang, if we are not seeing each other, anybody else, isn't that kind of like? Do you think that someone will be like, is their partner if they don't ask the question? Or is it just like an understood thing? Wait, is it just you most definitely ask? OK, them. then if you're not asked, but we're only seeing each other, then it's exclusive. So that means y'all go together. Exclusivity. If you're asking somebody to exclusively date you, then essentially I feel like y'all go together. That's the same thing as asking. Cause it's like oh, okay, okay, if we okay, not it's the same thing as asking. Okay. Well, I don't know. But my whole point is, is the reason why I, I kind of bought that up is because for me, I think dating has evolved in the sense where I I have been, I've been pretty, I almost feel like I've always been a milestone ahead of my life. Like when I was in middle school, I felt like I was in high school, high school, I feel like I'm in college right now. I feel what like, do you mean by that? I feel like I've been kind of like, I've already kind of foreseen certain things. Okay. I don't know why. And I'm just thinking out loud, do you think, um, mm -hmm that that may be your tendency to be goal-oriented and to not sit in the present time? Oh, 100%, okay. what are we talking Absolutely. Okay. But I also think it's been something that's been helpful for and to me because it's allowed me to know who I am. And mm -hmm. like, if this is something that I'm feeling in that moment, and it's not something I actually even see in that space, it's something retrospectively where I was like, hmm, you know, a few years ago, I kind of felt that. and come to find out it was that. 
or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I, being younger, obviously, and we're only 25, but I feel like it's been enough for me. Um, it's been enough. It's, it's been enough. This this <laughs> life has been life and for real, for real. Yeah. So I kind of feel like when I was younger, dating or even talking, right? Talking to people was always with the intent of, is this person going to be the person for me? Yeah. Can you concur? Yeah. And now I think. Yeah, I concur. I concur. In the moment, yeah. it feels that way. But I think like. Once you get past the talking stage and y'all like, I've been hanging out with this person for X amount of time. I don't really see myself with them. I think young, being younger, we don't really th- think too much far in the future. And we're like, this is fun mm-hmm. right now. Sure, I can do this for X amount of time. Yeah, I, I don't see it ending. I'm having a good time. And then when things go hit the hit the fan, you're like, ah, I kind of like this. And then it ends. I ain't had that experience. Like for me, I've always kind of, I mean, I've been in, I tried to be intentional. Yeah. And so, like, I would even enter then? it. Oh, absolutely, even then. But, of course, you know, looking back, I'm like, Sky, you were seven, you were 20, you were 17. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people and yourself yeah. have not even really had the exposure and the time. I feel like you want to say something with Steve. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, when we live together at the cottages. You say that, oh, I'm 20. I'm, but then we're like, ah. Oh, we're 20. Okay, we need we don't we're have time certain for this. people. We have time for this. We're 20. But we're like certain, looking back, we're 20. Absolutely. We're certain people. So like if we were if we were oh, that's a good point. Let me make, make a distinction. If we were just talking and it wasn't about nothing, then immediately I knew that wasn't an end game. There was no end game to anything. Yeah. But if we were if I liked someone and it was intentional, I did kind of think that far. I did. I, I didn't. I I would initially think that way, right? But then I get tired of people. <laughs> I'd get tired of people after a couple months or so. I'm like, uh, you know what? What do you think? What do you yeah. think? Let me ask it this way. Okay. Mm. What do you think is my toxic trait? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want me to say it? <laughs> if you're going to say the right thing. <laughs> Your toxic trait is that you like to block people. You didn't broke the speaker. You broke the speaker. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You call it blocking. I call it boundary setting. But then you unblock them like one day after. It doesn't. It doesn't check out, babe. (laughs) Oh, listen. You know what? Mm. (gasps) Absolutely, that is a little toxic. Um. All right, that's my toxic trait. I need people to comply. (laughs) I'm not ready. No, I do sometimes. Hold on. I got to address that. And then I promise you. I think that. No. So I think blocking the way that I was. Because I'm not like a, I'm not a chronic blocker anymore. Okay. But that's what was toxic. I don't think now, like once you're like, I'm setting my boundary, I think nothing's wrong with blocking them. Once you like, absolutely like, this is like Mm -hmm. not okay for me, not okay for my well-being. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be, you know, have this person have access to me anymore. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, for sure. But it's to a point. Absolutely. But also I was new to dating. I had just gotten out of a relationship. I was in a relationship almost four years and I actually hadn't even started dating um, until a year and a half after that. 
No, yeah, a year and a half. And even then, like, I was very apprehensive. Mm -hmm. I really, like, almost felt like I was under a rock. And I got out of that rock Mm -hmm. or out of that cave. And I'm like, man, what in the hell? Where are we at? It was like a uh, cesspool. Okay. I don't know. Of dating. Okay. Is that the word cesspool? Okay. Anyway. um, And so... The people that I was talking to, I just had to figure out and I had to process, but through therapy, which I'm a complete advocate for therapy, I definitely think that I learned that there are other ways to effectively communicate. And that was really tea to me because I thought I was a fantastic communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't seem, it didn't mean that I wasn't. It was just that I had to believe who people were when they showed me. And then also the blocking thing came from me kind of talking to people and realizing they probably wasn't T. They probably wasn't for me. And I didn't mess up and gave them my number. Your number is linked to a whole bunch of other social media accounts. What do you mean if you're blocking me, you still have your number? I know. But that was, that helped me. Right. That helped me feel a little okay. bit better. Okay. Um. So that's kind of yeah. that situation. All right. Um. Are you asking me? Really, what's my toxic trait? Not you, as you get yep. the line. Come on, let's do it. Um, I think your toxic trait, and I don't even know if it's really that toxic. You're a little, you're a tease. Uh, <laughs> rude. A tease, but I don't think that's what you, rude. In, okay, in what way? So I think it's hard to gauge if you're actually interested or not. Mm. But I don't think it's in a way where... Um, I think it's more so the person may or may not know if you're interested, but like, I don't do that intentionally. Absolutely not. No, it's not absolutely. But I'm saying like, they don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like the other person may not know that you like them. You do like them, but you might just be tiptoeing into it. And so for them, it may be like, is she feeling me or is she not? The thing is, you know it's rare for me to be interested in someone. That is also I'm true. I'm interested in like max of two people per year. If that. On a good, like I'm going to say, on, a good, if on that. a good year. It's very rare for me to be interested in people. And for then, sure. Because I haven't dated, I'm not good at texting. Like don't text me. I'd rather just see you mm-hmm. or just FaceTime me. And, but I have a very busy schedule. I work full time. I'm school full time. I'm also doing research, mm-hmm. preparing for doctoral programs. I have... A window of maybe 30 minutes a day to chit chat in hmm. no for sure i mean you're busy for sure but again like i i think it's not deliberate or intentional mm-hmm. but you're you're like approachable to me but i think some people may again especially men they may be intimidated by you and you're friendly but you also on the move and so it can be hard. I think it may be hard for people to be able, or men to be able to grasp you and grip you to see whether or not you're really interested. That's just my perspective on it. It doesn't mean that it's cop- That's good insight. or um, concrete, but um, I mean, it kind of just, it just is what it is. But having said that, what is the craziest thing that a guy has said to you? What do you mean? <laughs> like what was like the most thing that stood out? It doesn't have to be bad. It can just be something. That kind of stood out. I have to think on that. I'm really? not sure. Yeah. I mean, do you know something that I, mean, I can? There's a lot of things, a lot of wild things that people have told me. 
Okay, what about something that somebody's done for you? Done for me? Mm-hmm. The craziest thing. Good, bad. Oh, got it. I got it. So I was breaking up with my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. It just wasn't working anymore. And so he wanted to meet up to say our goodbyes. And he got me an engagement ring and voodoo and like tickets to a music festival. <laughs> she was slipping and we're going to have to bleep it. Um, voodoo. Voodoo festival. Yeah, whatever. I but yeah, and Sponsor. I was just, I saw it. I was just like, I cannot accept this. And then he tried to manipulate me. Like the guy at the ring, ring store felt so bad for me. I'm like, okay, you should never cheat it. <laughs> <Not, laughs> that's that, it. That is tea. Anyways, now he's happily married. Very happy for him. What about you? Ooh. Um, I don't. I mean, I've had I've had a lot of crazy things done to me and said to me. Um, but I think like the most, I guess. Bizarre thing that, in my opinion, happened to me. Maybe it's not that bizarre. Earlier this year, like I said, I kind of just started dating again. And, girl, this man called me myopic. And at first I said, well, first of all, I was deeply offended because I try to have a very robust vocabulary. So I said, what is this? You know, like, what does that mean? And we texted, you know Oh, Did we're texting on it? his friend's phone at the gym because I happened to block him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he messaged me, and I try to use context clues. I said, okay, okay, optic obviously has something to do with my eyes. And I'm thinking, my, I don't know, I don't know. I thought of Did a, a monocle. It? No, I had to be on the fly. I was like, a monocle, maybe it's one eye. So I said, oh, he's calling me a cyclops. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but the way that in which he said it, okay, when I thought about Cyclops, I thought about like um on Hercules, like the Oh my goodness. The Cyclops, which I absolutely love. Go Hercules. Um, I the context he used it was like, hey, he probably was right. <laughs> like I only saw things. Oh, okay. But he didn't know me like that for him to say that. And so But do you think that that's maybe how you're presenting yourself to be very um, like tunnel t tunnel vision yeah. or only seeing things from mm -hmm. my point of view. I absolutely, absolutely no. <laughs> yeah, I mean to a certain degree because I am very task oriented and I am very ambitious, and so I do prefer going back to our conversation earlier, right? Like I do like things in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am flexible. I'm flexible in areas that, uh, to me, are non-negotiable. Okay. But there are some things that are non-negotiables. Should I? Okay. Okay. What? Is the, how many times the phone ring is that negotiable? Because <laughs> <laughs> that one is. That one is. Um, I let the phone ring three times. She only lets no, not even. She lets it's the three. phone ring once and then hangs up. Like Wally took too long. No, to no, no, the phone. no, no. It's three times because I figure if you're busy, then you'll just get back to me. You know, I don't want to be a bother. You do that. You get. You let. You gave me three times because I said something to you. You don't give other people three three rings. I do give people three times. I probably I let the phone ring out for you. Oh, Maybe okay. five. And then I answer and you go, "Wow, it <laughs> took you five rings. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on?" But um, you know what, though? I will say, when going back to like 
a little bit what we were talking about just what I've learned in dating I saw reflections on myself too and I think that's what all relationships like you can see a certain mirror of yourself and even like why you attract certain people if you're attracting the same type of person mm -hmm. over and over again like okay I'm the common denominator is there is there something about this that I need to kind of look into because I'm in a place now similar to yourself where like once upon a time I had the mental bandwidth and margin um, for me to experiment a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, while I'm still open and receptive, I think now for sure, you know, my biggest asset is my time. And so I don't have the mental real estate that I've had five years ago. Like I, 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 I just am not really for like experimenting mm -hmm. or rolling a die on something as consequential as my relationship so like how how do you see dating now yeah i i see what you're saying and not taking quote-unquote chances on the things that overtly seem like it won't work like obviously mm. if there's something that's very apparent when i meet someone i'm like mm -hmm. mm, i don't see this working but um once you get to know them and things like that i i can make some time for dating if if they're intentional about the time that we spend together. Get for real. You wasn't saying that a, a few months ago. A few months ago, for sure. No. Where was I at a few months ago? In school. What type of, in, what type of few months ago? It, what are you referencing? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'll say? Anytime I do date someone, it's always when I'm on a break from school. Like it's either mm. summer break or it's winter break. And I'm like, oh, I have extra time now. But then it pisses me off, makes me upset because now I, I feel too available. What about that makes you feel? I don't want to be too available because I'm busy. Because this is not a- But what's wrong with this No, this is not a clear representation of how I am majority of the year. Mm. But- if it's someone that has your interest and you all are conversing and you feel like it's going somewhere, what's wrong with yeah. being vulnerable? Come on, we going oh, from- vulnerable, vulnerable? Not vulnerable, but more like engaged. It could be vulnerable too. Nothing's wrong with that. But so also, I'm not gonna like force myself to be in a place that I'm not yet, especially because even if I want it to be that way, I can't assume that the person I'm talking to is there as well. No, but that's what you said was, is that you felt frustrated because you didn't want to be too available. available. You were too available. Yeah, because anytime I talk to them, I'm on a break from school and a break from work. And when I'm out of school, I'm basically out of work too. So how would you kind of deal with that moving forward if you know, like it may not be school, but there'll always be kind of something. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like you will kind of handle the balance of <clears throat> potentially, because you said like, so are you, are you open to dating right now? For the right person, yes. All right. So even when you go back to school, is it fair to say that you will still make yourself available? I don't know if I'd be able to. Mm. Okay. A lot of things are coming up for me. I start practicing in the spring, start my internship in the spring, you know, and then I have to, I'm applying to doctoral programs next year. There's so many different. Yeah. And I hate saying that a relationship is a distraction, but it is. 
It can it's be. another it's another relationship that doesn't have a foundation yet that I would need to establish that. So with my friendships or with my family, I already have a foundation there. I love support and you have to maintain that. And so that's already what I'll be doing is maintaining mm-hmm. those friendships and maintaining that those relationships and then to add a new one where I have to you know the building blocks and people say it's easy, but in order for the other person to feel heard or seen, I would need to be present. And I think like that's where I'm at right now. Like with my dating, whether I am dating, well, I'm dating intentionally now, no matter what. Like now it's like, I want to be friends. And everybody has a different definitions as to what friendships is going to be. Mm-hmm. But like, I can say this because people who actually know me, even guys, like my exes from, or my ex, yeah, exes from high school know, I want to dig in my nose in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we get down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to have my my cap on, my satin cap on, girl, when we on the phone and whatnot. And you already know when we pop out, baby, we popping out. We talking about, you know, when I when I pop out, I pop out. So I'm not worried about it. be comfortable. That. Comfortable. Yeah. And so I think, like, at the base of any relationship, even with us, like, we've built intimacy just by having that that friendship, mm-hmm. that respect to where we do nice things for each other, not because we feel obligated, but mm-hmm. because genuinely we want to see each other happy. And I think the exact same thing, if not more, for like a romantic dynamic where um, you just start off with a friendship. Yeah. And so even in this season now, I do genuinely believe that whenever you find just like the right person, yeah. that... It wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like you have to kind of make that swift adjustment. It yeah. would just be organic. Yeah. And you know what I'll say as far as, I guess, my experience with dating is both parties seem to overinvest themselves in that person and then lose themselves in it. Mm. And when I think about the life I want to live and the experiences I want to have and the experiences I want other people to have as well, yeah, I don't think the lives of two partners should be so intermeshed, especially at the beginning. Mm. And I mean, that that might be the case. You know, that might be a case for, for, for you if that works. I mean, I know I have, in my nine to five, I have a lot of <clears throat> clients who are doctors and mm-hmm. so they meet each other. Some of them, when they're coming from other countries, some of them when they're in a certain, they may be meeting in med school or they may meet in residency or fellowship, um, which is very stressful. But I think if it's the right time, whatever works for that dynamic is what works. But you said something like losing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think we all can attest to that specifically as women, because as I mentioned in the very beginning, we tend to morph into other people and to try to appease or even to intercede for them, whether it's to protect or to nurture. That's just the the essence of who we are. but you know just knowing as long as i'm doing my thing and you're doing your thing um ultimately it should it should work out yeah you know so you know i've dated guys who literally would drop everything and just be up under me at all times and that's why i'd push away yeah but and i know that there have also been but I also know that you enjoy that to a certain extent. Obviously not if I ended it. Not all of them. <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> all of them are gone. What do you mean? Mm, okay. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, 
there's love love is love for a reason like we want that love but Mm -hmm. i mean if that's the space that you're in it is what it is for me i don't necessarily need somebody around me all the time but it's good to know it's just like medicine you know like when i do need that from that person whether i want it explicitly or implicit or explicitly like i i want to be loved like but my love languages for instance is more of acts of service which can be a form of quality time are in the form of quality time, but like I don't necessarily need too many words, even though I think the words are nice. You know, I just kind of want that touch. But, you know, again, I think as women, like it's important for us to kind of stay on our mission and what's important for us. Yeah. So having these conversations to kind of like remind ourselves like what we bring to the table. And even if we do have seasons where we were like, whoa, what was I thinking? At least you're able to say, okay, I have the community that I need to kind of tap into myself or I've sat with myself long enough. Mm-hmm. I know coming out of my breakup, girl. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like, dang, almost every breakup that I went through, girl, I had to really, it was like, it was my coming to Jesus moment for real. Like the real breakups for sure. Yeah. Oh, the real. Yeah. Like for, like I, I mean, whatever, like I might have like people I talk to from every now and then, mm-hmm. but if we go together, like, I'm, you know, I'm 10 toes down behind mine. Yeah. So when I do, unfortunately, I either care too much or I don't care at all for most situations. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when I got out of those relationships, girl, I had to really sit with myself. And then um, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to keep going through this. You know, if, but I, I was able to pull some things out of myself because I really sat with myself. But I was like, okay. What do I need to work on? And I think that's so important. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a breakup with romantic relationships. Yeah. Maybe family dynamics you have to step away from. You may even feel like some things about yourself you're not happy about. So it's so important to sit with yourself, know mm-hmm. what you bring to the table. So And to continue to be on that journey so that no one can ultimately take that Yeah take that away from you yeah and that's interesting you said and you already know i have a lot of like wild dreams Mm. um but one of the dreams i had was um i think i was considering to start date again i know in my dream yeah and in my dream i was literally writing out all the things i needed to work on and i think as a woman as a person on this earth you need to know your worth but then also knows in the areas where you where you ain't all that too so good you got to Girl, I'm telling you, like, um, ooh, go ahead. (laughs) I mean, let's just say the season that I'm in now, I am being exposed. My blind spots are being exposed, and I'm very grateful for it because it allows me to, um, the interactions that I have with other people right now have shown me that like it gives myself grace but it also does it kind of sharpens you up because you never want to get too too pumped up you don't want to get too arrogant Mm -hmm. it allows you to know like there are areas that you need to grow on like again i thought i was a pretty solid communicator but then i learned everybody has different communication styles Mm -hmm. and those communication styles evolve and so i'm like well dang you know how am I projecting those communication styles to other people? Because I might think that I'm being clear and I'm really not. So I was like, dang, you know, that yeah. that's a, a huge. What are some things that you feel like you may need to work on? 
probably like touching on what we talked about early on is expressing like my feelings. Mm. I can I can discuss my thoughts really well. Yeah. I can think about thought process and mm. I can think about a situation that was emotionally charged and describe the events that happened. Yeah. But I, I have a hard time putting words to how it made me feel. Mm. So wait, run it back. Okay. So you can express how you feel, but you know, I can express the, my thoughts as far as like an event that took place. So I'd be like, hey, Scott, we had that conversation and you said this. I said that. And, you know, that's what happened. Instead of me, we like my feelings were really hurt. I felt disregarded and I felt mm. angry. Mm-hmm. It's I find it difficult to ascribe a word to my feelings. Because sometimes I, yeah, because sometimes I, I don't think oh, a, a word can 100% encapsulate what I'm feeling. Oh, for sure. No, that's real. I definitely think that that's real. I think it's just more so of, do you think like when you feel that way that you may be hiding some aspects of you that you don't want to reveal to the other person in hopes Maybe. that they will weaponize? Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what's kind of, has it, is that something you've already worked on or you plan to work on? Or oh, you I'm working, working on it. What's been really helpful? Mm, having the the other party wait for me to process that and wait for me to respond instead of just trying to get through the moment because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. having someone who's willing to sit in the uncomfortableness with me to really understand how wow. I'm that's good it's and that good. is how someone is right now so <clears throat> Well, <laughs> I I, I love it. Not you, not you drinking that little swiggity swig. I, well, I love that. I love that because honestly, like what what compassion? And I think that's what God really intends for our interactions in general. And it says like um, in the book of First Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, slow to anger. And it's mm-hmm. about just understanding people. Like for me, I'm very boisterous. If anything happens to me, I kind of want to talk about it right then and there in the moment yeah. um but that might be like that is like even if we have disagreements right like understanding that you may not be in your best space for you to talk about it because yeah. you may actually have say something yeah hurtful. hurtful unintended and for me even though i have thought processes me saying it in the moment may also may not be the best thing for the conversation and so um Mm. Well, go ahead. <laughs> this is safe combos with Scott. It is safe combos. So it's safe for with, you as well. Oh, it's definitely safe. It's definitely safe, but um, it's slow too. It's slow. That's one thing I'll say. You know, when it comes to being close to people, getting those relationships, it's so important to have those relationships built slowly, built organically, and not to rush it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think over time people will expose themselves and you will also see versions of yourself as well Mm -hmm. so it it, i think it works out on both ends being able to let it develop all together and you know even in my dating process right now again you know in the past i used to have the end in mind now i'm just being present yeah i'm really enjoying it you know like having conversations you know just for hours you know those are the things that i really like and so um you know i'm just giving myself the grace to to do that and it's funny how you know you may be dealing with those things in one uh, sector of your life i'm just going to use like for instance 
you know, it may be something in romantic relationships, but it will help shed light on things in professional dynamics mm-hmm. and even with your own family dynamics too. And I think, again, like having those relationships will give you mirrors to yourself and will help you to be more, you know, retrospective, introspective to like who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So um, last but not least, as we kind of wrap up here, I want to uh, have like a little best friend trivia. Oh, okay. Do you have questions? I mean, for like trivia or not just like, for you? Like, you know, we could talk all day. Oh, no, yeah, easily. Like what we're we talking about. But more so like um, I have like a question. Okay. Two, it's fun. All right, let's, let's do it. Okay. So what would be three things that I would take on a on an island if I was stranded? Oh, did you already have them written down? The things? The thing that you no. would bring and see if they line up. Oh. No. I we're gonna do like a, how, how well we know each other. It's okay. Oh, maybe I should have done that. It's okay. Favorite but, color is purple. I know that much. Never. <laughs> What's her, my favorite her, color? My favorite color is black. Let's get into it. I keep telling her it's purple, that'll piss her off. It's okay. Um, so three things you would bring to an island. Your heating pad, <laughs> a case of water, <laughs> and <Please>. SpongeBob. <laughs> I would take that. I would say Vaseline. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Vaseline, but the heating pad, that is, uh, and water. Because you can't drink whatever the island is offering unless they had a purification system. And they would need outlets for the heating pad. Oh. But you know what? <laughs> if they did, What's that movie with Tom Hanks and the volleyball? Oh, um, you know what I mean. Yeah, he that, says Wilson, whatever he said. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. That's what I. I've never seen it. I'll me neither. But oh. I've heard people say. <laughs> I've heard people say it. I thought it was fitting for for the conversation. Okay, um, what are three things? Three that things I mean? that you would bring for sure. Some type of book. I don't know what book, but you live a life of a freelancer. Uh, of a professional. You that you do. You just live a really good lifestyle. Every time Sky texts me, I'm always like in a coffee, coffee shop, shop or going on a walk. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really take a lot for you to like literally. Um, maybe like uh, I would say a book. Um, maybe. You're not really connected to too many material things, so maybe a glass of wine just to chill. Um, last thing I want to say, maybe some type of music mm-hmm. or coffee. I'm a tea girl. I just, tea. Yeah. The, the chai. But thing. music for sure. I'd bring my whole vinyl collection. Was that a bad choice? No. Those things. Okay. Is she going to text me at 3 a.m. <sighs> saying, China, you know I really should have said something No, because I should be. I should be more intentional. Um, what do you mean? Oh, no, no. I'm not really connected so much. You're right about that. Okay, cool. Um, and then ask me a question. Ask me a question. Come on. I didn't prepare for this. That's um, okay. All right. Just a, like maybe like a random question. Okay. Uh, maybe it's too deep. Oh, Lord. I'm tired of you. What's your biggest fear? <sighs> We don't have to do it. Oh no, that's actually good. That's that's really that's a table. That's a porter steak. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think my biggest fear, mm-hmm. and it sounds so corny, but it's the realest thing: not being able to really 
use all of the things that God has designed me to do, like reaching my mm-hmm. purpose. I feel like I have been very gifted and blessed with things, um, so many different talents and gifts. And I think it would be selfish of me not to use them to help people Mm -hmm. um, because my gift is not for me. So I feel like everyone has gifts that they're supposed to be utilizing. And the last thing I want to do is to squander or to waste a gift or talent that God has given me to serve others because that's what he does. He serves people. Yeah. Um, What about you? What's your biggest fear? Someone just asked me this the other other week too. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll give you the same answer I gave him. I said, to live an uninspired life. Ooh. Yeah. Well, hold on. Don't leave me. Pick me up. Bring me out. What do you what does that mean? So to go throughout life and not having any sense of excitement or eagerness about it. Mm. Even on the drive into work in traffic. Traffic's not fun. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I look over into the car next to me and I see other people and just understanding that we're all sharing this experience and that's inspiring to me. Yeah. The lived experience is inspiring to me and to mm-hmm. not be inspired by life anymore would be my biggest fear. For sure. Especially in, and I, what I hear from that also is just like being able to see things from a perspective where it's very optimistic and i think you are like that like you mm-hmm. always try to find the best in a situation like you're not tripping off of it you're gonna make a way out of no way like we're different in the sense where i like to plan and sometimes you like the spontaneity of doing things mm-hmm. but it still works out so i love and that's often why i feel very comfortable and safe having conversations with you because you have a very optimistic um just view of life understanding that it's all going to work out and giving yourself the grace to go through that process. Mm -hmm. So I actually do love that. Um, Here's the last thing, and we'll we'll wrap up here. Give me something. What what is something about me that people probably would not know? And it could be good, bad, or indifferent. I ain't shame. That people wouldn't know. Yeah. It's so hard to tell. It just I've known you for so long, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how the people may perceive you initially. Yeah. Um, I I know people know you're goofy because on your stories you're always dancing. Oh That's true. But I would say you're extremely goofy. Um, that they don't know. I don't know. Like okay. I I think you're pretty transparent. you're pretty transparent pretty transparent i think oh that you don't like sushi oh no 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 no! no. only cook sushi i mean cool you know what i'm saying (laughs) then i get the girls then i get the girls hype but that's that's true but guess what we are going to nobu tonight i mean yes okay the only thing that we know is that you your favorite pastime is blocking people. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only. Girl, the cat is out the bag on that. Golly, good God Almighty! Well, what wouldn't people know about me? I think people wouldn't know about you. Um, hmm. I don't know, cause you see. I, oh, I know, oh. but I don't know if I should say it here. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? How can I put this? I can switch it out. I uh, 
Just say it. Um, what they wouldn't know about me? What they wouldn't know? It's so many things. It's good. Really? Thing. It's good things to a, me. Is, is there a lot of things? I think so. I think so. But I mean, okay, I'll just use the easy one. I think, and I kind of already said it. You're very approachable, and and I know it may seem like that to other people, but I think on the other side, like, um, people maybe like, you know. Oh, to China. You know what I'm saying? Like my cousins at my my event, you know, they were like, introduce me to China. Oh my God, it's China. But you're really approachable. Yeah. But also I'll say to this, and this is kind of what I wanted to say, like you're more human than it seems. Like sometimes you kind of stay in your lane and you're so focused that it may seem like you don't really have a desire to really engage with some people mm-hmm. on the outside. It may perceive, be see, perceived that way, really? but you really are a person who's very easy to reach and to talk to. Um, and it depends where you, where, where people meet you too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't naturally give like a, you know, stiff arm people, yeah. but you know, maybe that's it. I've <laughs> had people tell me that in high school, like, oh, you are different. I've had someone tell me that a couple weeks ago. I didn't expect you to be this way. Mm. Someone who's been following me for years. Yeah. Met her in person finally, and she was like, I never expected you to be this way. You know me, girl, I'm dancing. We're playing games and stuff, and I'm just dancing and being silly. Just kind of mm-hmm. levitating off yeah. the ground. Yeah. Okay, that's you. <laughs> girl, I love a good uh, party next door. Girl. I could have swore it was Alina Baraz, but it's okay. No, it was Grown Woman by Party Next Door. All right. We're talking about a time, guys, where I was dancing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was dancing in my room. I came home and I was like, let me check on Sky. She got some music blasting. I opened the door. She is levitating off With the my room. robe. Not yes. literally, but like I was just in a good space. College had a lot on me, so I had to kind of I had to kind of take the edge off somehow, some way. Um but Overall, thank yeah. you so much for being here. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day. We're in Houston, by the way, guys. Um, mm-hmm. China came from New Orleans. I flew to- in, touched down yes. last night. And she's leaving tomorrow morning. Um, and so, again, you know, just thank you for taking the time to be here and to support me. Um, so many things that I can talk about and just give you your flowers for the woman that I am today is largely in part of who you are have helped me to be um having that safe space dedicated to growing and you know i'm just completely i'm just inspired and ready to see where your life is going to go and how we're going to grow together um so thank you for for being here of course anytime First podcast down. My first podcast. Our first podcast. Yes. Uh, That's kind of hard to believe. I feel like I feel like I should. You should be doing more. No, no. We talked about this years ago. I told you I don't think podcasting's for me. I don't think being on the front of things is for me. So look at that evolution, growth, evolution. This is because I love you. So (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. I had to leverage that, y'all. Um. So. Thank you all so much for joining um, tonight or today, whenever you're, you're listening to this. Again, Safe Combos with Sky um, is just designed more or less for women to have that safe space. And so I want to make sure that 
you have that community. I do have some things on the horizon. Um, that's okay that I asked this. This is my podcast. But guys, where am I supposed to be looking if I'm trying to? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> it's, my, it's my podcast. We, we could do that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, this is just a space that I truly believe will be a tribe of women getting together as a collective and whether it's something where you are transitioning from, you know, going into from college into corporate America or coming out of high school, not knowing what your next step is going to be, or, you know, being a new uh, wife or a new divorcee or just having a baby. There's so many different aspects of being a woman that we evolve and we, we kind of go through. And so it's important to have that community around you so that you feel safe to have those conversations with others, but more importantly, to have those conversations with yourself. And so we have so much in store for you. Um, for this this season, this first season of Safe Convos with Sky. So I just wanna tell you, thank you so much for watching. We're gonna have this out on multiple platforms, both the video and also the audio version. So if you're in a car, you ain't gotta go try to look on the phone. We'll have both available to you. So thank you all for chatting with your best interest bestie, Sky, And we have Chai. Woo and so we'll see you next time. Thank you.